Hey my friend, welcome to the Tradies Success Podcast. This episode is brought to you by the Tradies Success Academy. We're on a mission to help trade and construction business owners unlock time and financial freedom within as little as three years. With the right processes and systems and support, we're able to help people level up with less mistakes and have the motivation and support and guidance around systemization and process, whether that comes to lead generation, conversions, on-site value delivery, maximizing efficiency and profitability, operations and administration, or personal performance, how to really maximize yourself as a business owner and unlock that growth in your own business. Now, whether you're a sole trader or you've been in business for years and years, we're here to support you no matter what size you are. So look in the show notes. We've got a link to an exclusive offer for the podcast where you get 30 days free of the Academy Mastermind program. On there, you'll get access to online on-demand training videos, access to live training every single week, and access to an amazing trade community filled with all different types of trades supporting one another to unlock that growth potential. Click the link in the show notes and unlock your free trial now. We're working nine to five. That's the best Dolly Parton I can produce. I don't even know the next line. I think it just says that again. <laughs> Do you want to give us that? Oh, no, oh, no, oh, no. What a way to make a living. Oh, yeah, that's like, this is sexy. But what's the reality? Who's if you're watching up? the video there, Kirk did a, little, did a little hip jiggle. I'm like, whoa, can't turn the camera off. <laughs> no, don't do that. The camera's overheating. The camera. <laughs> <laughs> what's the reality though? Like people aren't working nine to five, are they? Six till nine. Six till nine? As in 6 a.m. till 9 p.m. 9 p.m., yeah. am I right? Is that you? If you're feeling me, if you're driving around right now and you work late nights doing quotes, getting back to clients, just a big fist pump out the window. I'll no just, one will know what it means. But. I'll just quickly put the kids down, do the dishes, and then open my laptop at 10.30. <laughs> Try and get some work done. Yeah. Oh, no. oh, no, I'll get up early. I'll get up early in the morning and do it. Oh, yeah, sure you will. Mate. Yeah, I will. I will. I will. I will. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it. Yeah? Yeah, I'm going to do it. Alarm goes off. <laughs> snooze. <laughs> Actually, I'm not even. I'm not a snoozer. Are you a snoozer? No, I mean, I'm pretty pretty good in the mornings. I'm on. What time are you up in the morning? Five thirty at the moment. But... Really? I'm like seven thirty. Whoa. What yeah. are you? What are you doing? What I Sleeping? go. <laughs> I go to bed at nine though. Oh yeah, I go about ten thirty for me. There you go. There's the. There's That's the difference. Our kids go to bed a little bit later. Wake up a little bit later. Uh, it's all good. Once it's dark, there's no nothing left to fun to do, so I might as well go to sleep. Might as well go to sleep. Sundown, Kirk down. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're talking about working. Working. We're talking about working too many hours. We're talking about how it creeps. Like the TLC is up on you. <laughs> you're gonna creep. You're gonna creep. <laughs> it's gonna TLC up you, and you're gonna work real hard. And we all know what happens when you work really hard. Things fall through the cracks, you fall through the cracks, your sporting habit falls through the cracks, your body falls through the cracks. Uh, a lot of things fall through the cracks, your relationship falls through the cracks with everyone. So we want to kind of talk about the big issue at the moment or issue, depending on how you say that, or depending on what culture you come from. What do you say? 
I say issue. <laughs> so, right? so do I. I don't actually know anyone who says anything differently. We're talking about hiring. We're talking about, yeah, working nine till nine, seven till nine. I'm working a lot. I'm working Saturdays. That. I'm working Sundays. I'm going, hey, I need some help. I can't find anyone though. Oh, yeah. I can't find, look, look, okay. It's going to be very, very different city versus rural people hearing this. City people, a lot more people around. Rural people, couple of cows <laughs> couple of dairy farmers seventh but generation not impossible not no 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 not impossible yeah. and we need to maintain that kind of we've got to find someone so my head goes straight towards when you hire it's like we're going to tradesmen first we're going to go through all the tradesmen situations first because i think that's just a better hire we talked about that the other week the tradesman hire it's a better hire. Someone that can go out and do the billable hours, don't have all the supervision, hopefully they're experienced, hopefully they're better than you, all that kind of stuff. But look, let's just face it, if you can't find them, you have to create them. Yeah, so but- maybe there's the dairy farmer's kid. Maybe he or she's 17, whippersnapper, happy to come on board an apprenticeship. Just look around, open your eyes. If you can't find a tradesman, then you might very well have to find the apprentice and what that does is that bleeds you know some longevity into your hiring process but the problem with that it doesn't fix my problem i'm still working six till nine six till ten however long my day continues on for so what we're going to talk about today is really like where are those opportunities that you haven't explored yet around hiring like you firstly First step in anything, acknowledge you have a problem. I'm doing too many hours. If you have a problem, put your hand up. If you have a problem, if you have a problem and you're doing too many hours, you need help. You sounded like fat, fat man scoop then. <laughs> put your hand you're up. You're working too much, put your hand up. You're doing paperwork at night, put your hand up. <laughs> That's good. Crooklyn clan. <laughs> uh, yeah, look, point number one, always check your existing network. Yeah, of course. Like, you know so many more people than you think. So many more people. And those people know people. So often we limit ourselves to our network. But don't forget, your network has a network. So... Oh, yeah. Sorry. No, no, you you, you butt yourself in. (laughs) As as long as you do it like Fat Man Scoop, though, just just yelling at it. What what were you going to say? I'm just going to cut you off there. Yeah, perfect. (laughs) Um, What I'm going to say is I think that some of the issue not all of the issue is the way in which people approach hiring as well like people look at it as like something that i'll do in the background it's like i'll put an ad out and then i'll wait for these applications to come in if you've got a problem if you're working too many hours and you need staff you need to look at the way in which you hire staff being your job the number one job on your list is hiring someone when you frame it that way the way in which you approach the task completely changes. It's not like, oh, I might think about throwing an ad up maybe and then three weeks go past and yeah, any closer. You need to wake up one morning and go, today is the day I hire someone. Exactly. I, and look, by the time you need them, it's too late. Oh, yeah. Usually by the time it's like, I need to get someone on board, it's, it's generally too late. I want to talk about, yeah, check your existing network because they know people. I want to talk about the evergreen ad. Yeah. It was something that was a bit foreign to me. I've, I've never advertised for a staff. They've all just fallen into my lap because I have sacrificed a lot of things to the trade gods. 
<laughs> Small mammals. <laughs> they have taken a lot from me, and, and rightfully so, and rightfully so. I have done a lot for them, and they've done a lot for me. But the evergreen ad, which is pretty much, if you don't know what we're talking about, it's just putting it out up and leaving it there. And this is specifically relevant if you are living in a town where tree change, sea change, ski change, jet ski, <laughs> jet ski changes are coming to. And let's talk about you because you, for some ungodly reason, moved out of Canberra. Why would you do such a thing? No, no. I needed a tan. <laughs> I needed a tan. So you went from Canberra. I can just only assume you were the greatest tradesman in Canberra. Oh, comfortably. <laughs> by, by a country mile. <laughs> yeah, watch all of my mates just jam me on this one. It's like... Yeah, if you're listening to this and you've got some prior knowledge to Kirk's trade skills, please uh, let me know. That'd be great. <laughs> but, but you moved from Canberra to Perth. Why did you do that? I wanted a challenge, a, new, a different lifestyle and, and, you know, a different opportunity. Uh, I was, I'd existed in the same space for a very long time. When you do that for so long, you get too comfortable or you get comfortable. There's a level of comfort that starts and then straight after comfort comes boredom. <laughs> so it's like sitting on the couch. Firstly, when you sit down on the couch, you're like, oh, that's nice, comfort. And then soon after that, you're like, I'm bored. And I'm assuming you just said, hey, Catherine, Pack your bags. <laughs> Go on a path. It wasn't tomorrow. It wasn't too dissimilar for that. Actually, I was just like, um, I'm. I'm thinking we should go over there. She's like, oh, okay. West Coast, bit of beach boy action, and you were a beach boy, and I love this story because you were actually lying on the beach for a couple of days before you realised. Well, weeks. Probably a couple of weeks, <laughs> a couple of hours, a couple of minutes before you realise I should get a job. And what was your first step into? I mean, you're in somewhere where you didn't know anyone, anyone. So, what, how did you find a job? Uh, my was my approach. your spidey reflexes kicked in. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah. it, it was my approach, and like people would say, "Oh, you don't have a job lined up, isn't that risky?" And I'm like, "Well, I had a fair bit of confidence in my ability to find a job." Best tradesmen in Canberra should always no, have confidence in their ability. It's not even in my ability to deliver my skill set. It's my ability to recognize when I needed a job that that is a job. So I think that was the greatest um, piece that I brought to the table there is when I decided that I was tanned enough and I had enough of the sunshine and I needed to go and make some money, I was I committed to that and I committed wholeheartedly. I was like, great, today's the day that I find a job. And I didn't look on Seek for 35 minutes and then, you know, watch footy replays or anything like that. I spent eight hours looking through job ads, applying for job ads, calling people, because that was my job that day was to find a job. So you put some shorts on. <laughs> yeah, I love that. So you scoured through Seek and Greg found you and Greg was running response electricians at the time in Perth and you're obviously a huge asset to them, progressed from tradesman to operations manager to top dog and now you're, I think, one of the best coaches going around and a huge asset to the academy. So, But you wouldn't be here if it wasn't for – Greg wouldn't have you if it wasn't for an ad on Seek. Because oh, you wouldn't that's, that's exactly right. it's crazy. So if you're in somewhere where people move, don't underestimate the evergreen ad. Have something always on your website. Be easy to find. Let's but let's look at this scenario. I spent a day looking for a job. And I had four offers. 
I'm not big noting myself, but I had four people give me a job offer. So even in that moment, Greg still has to be f- the best of those four. And I think that's what the shift hasn't really fully happened. Three, five years ago, the labor market was a hell of a lot more healthy. So you would put an ad up and you got to pick what came. Now the talent is picking where they want to work. Yeah. So like you need to start advertising for staff the same way that you advertise for clients. You need to be the best possible offering for the best quality talent. And that leads me into staff culture. You know, staff culture is an incredible way to attract people and also retain people. So people are attracted to companies, you know, we're doing a lot of interviewing at the moment and it's like, what do people want? They want to work somewhere that respects them. They want to work somewhere where they're valued. They want to work somewhere where they can get trained and upskilled and nurtured and looked after and someone that understands life happens, stuff happens. Uh, you look at the job done, of course, but that, that, that staff culture is such an important way to... And think about when you're running a quality company and the culture solid, what happens to your staff? They get proud at the barbecue on the weekend. They start telling their friends about it. And when they tell their friends, tradies know tradies. This is a, That's what happens. This is how you hired a lot of your stuff. Yeah, we, we were super organic. Once again, not in this same labor market. It, it was it was a different it's a different time now and I would reference it to the property market it's just as it's supply and demand it's simply supply and demand there's a lot of demand for staff out there for tradies and not enough supply so what happens when demand's high and supply is low the prices go up so at what point do we recalibrate and retrain our brain to what used to be worth $35 is now worth $45 similar to the property market if you if you bought a house in a rising market it's very hard to re-navigate that's not worth a million dollars <laughs> one million dollars <laughs> it's like it's not worth a million dollars but to someone it is. Oh, yeah. And and people ask all the time, like, what do you pay your staff? And how, how do you how do you know? Like, I'm not paying that. I'm like, if you're profitable on it, you know, if you're paying 50 charging out plus cost, and you're making money on them, it's irrelevant what you're paying them. Yeah. If you can charge them out at a profit. So I guess you could be you could pay the best rates in town. Provided you've got the skill set to sell yourself at the rate required to be to make the right margins. I love, I love your so theories on, on sales. If you is want it a price issue or is it a value? Value issue. Value issue. Yeah. So like if you have the skill set, if you want to back it, you want to get the best talent, pay the most money. Well, like it's, that opens the door to the most talent. doesn't necessarily guarantee it, but it opens the door to the most talent. And if you're paying the most money, then you have to own that around how do I sell my service at the right rate to, to retain my margins. So the reason why you, you can't get talent Maybe because you can't sell. It's challenging. <laughs> Let, just sit with that for a second. How do you go Kirk's selling? Rogue. And, and like, I, get off. I know I love that because I just love challenging people that might be sitting around listening to this or standing, walking or running or whatever, and you're thinking, oh, I hate when these guys talk about sales. But, you know, let's face it, you're selling your trade skills for money, <laughs> see what you're doing. Everything you're is selling your trade skills for dollar bill, y'all. Yeah, dollar bill, y'all. You can pretend. everyone. If you're in a business, you're in you're in sales. Yeah, you can pretend like you're not, but everything is sales. Everything, everything is sales. So check your existing network. Ask your staff. Have a good staff culture. 
let's just face the fact, no one wants to work for a dickhead. No one wants to be around a toxic culture. It's really important you uh, you bust that out. Chuck an ad online. You never know who it might attract. But make I, sure make sure your offer is right. Make sure your offer is right. It's, there's an old there's an old saying. Now I'm not saying everyone deserves the the highest possible pay rate. Yeah, that's going to put pressure on margins and things like that. And as in business sense, the cheaper you can get your labour for, the greater your margins are going to be. Yeah, so I'm not saying jack your your offering in your hourly rate right up, but there's that old saying where you, you pay peanuts and you get monkeys. So, like, the elite talent is not going to work for crumbs. No, and you wouldn't even consider it. If you're an elite talent, you wouldn't even... Like, money's not everything, but it's a lot. It opens the door, yeah? yeah. And it, it, the good talent have doors open for them, and then they walk through the one that they want. So if you're not, if you're not in the market for that, that, at that rate, the door's not... They're not even in the equation. You're not in the equation. They have three other doors that they're looking at and then they're weighing up culture and all those great things that come with that. So in order to open the door to that talent, you need to be in the market. Be in the market. So really challenge yourself on where you sit on. Are you paying the correct money? Because that's who what we want to charge, right? We want to charge the correct money, but we don't want to pay the correct money. And I see a real disconnect there. And I want to challenge that because so many people like, uh, I'm not working for them. They're a non-ideal client. How dare they tell me that? Tell me that that's not worth fifteen thousand. How dare they tell me that they quote they got a cheaper quote? How dare they? But we will then go and want the right jobs for the right prices, but not in turn pay our staff properly. It's really important we pay people and pay people well and take great pride in that. Another really underrated thing. Can I just sideways and gripe? Yeah. yeah. When you're like grinding your gears, yeah. When you put your ad out, I see so many ads, and it's like above award wage. Do you, do you know what award wage means? I know you love this. <laughs> Stole this from Chris Rock. If I could pay you less, I would, but I can't. It's against the law. That's what award wage means. If I could, if I could get your wage down, I. I would, but uh, I can't because this yeah. award is keeping it at this amount. But if I trust me, trust me, if I could, yeah. I would. Yeah. And then this this vaguety around above award wage. Why don't you advertise the rate you're going to pay them? Ask yourselves that for a second. If you put an ad out and you've left the rate off, I can tell you the answer. It's because you're hoping someone comes along and they they don't ask for what you're willing to pay. And you get a deal. And is that the sort of person you're looking for? Are you trying to get a deal on your stuff? Well, no one gets deals in a rising property market. You, you don't get it. Off market, on market, there's no deals. You have to pay what someone's asking. So kind of really reference that point. And I just know there's going to be people listening to this that's bought in that market and been, I totally get it. And I think the other thing to around that, you know, putting that rate into your ad Really important. It grinds me up because you can jump on Seek right now and I would say probably 30 to 40% of them don't actually stipulate the rate, which is just mind-boggling to me in a labor market that's so dry. Because if I'm, if it's a dry labor market, the best quality talent's already employed. Yeah. <laughs> so if you want the best quality talent, they're already getting paid from someone else. So in order for them to consider jumping ship, there needs to be some assurity that I'm not going to go backwards. Otherwise, I'm not jumping ship. If you jump and ship, there better be a, a water slide on that second ship. <laughs> Otherwise, so, I'm staying on my ship. So if I'm employed and you don't tell me that you're going to pay me at least what I'm paying, making right now, I'm not looking at jumping. Yeah, so you're looking at your ad, 
like a carrot. Not that we're dangling carrots, but is someone going to buy it at above award or is someone going to buy it at what you're actually going to pay them? And I just think you've got to write what you're going to pay them. If, if that's what you offer, just mention it. And this is why a staff incentive scheme, we really preach it highly if it's possible in, in your trade. And I guarantee it's possible to some description, but a staff incentive scheme is a great way for people not to feel capped and trapped. Yeah. That they can earn a little more than their wage. They're not going to just know what they're earning right now. That what they're earning right now is not going to be what they're earning in, in 15, 20 years' time. It's really important people don't have that, that compressed, cap- low yeah. ceiling. Capped and trapped is a, is a bad space because once you get that comfort, like I was talking about before, once you get that comfort and you get that competency into your role, if there is nowhere for you to go, as a human, we have a desire to always want more. So we want more of something. We want to be able to provide more. We want to do that. And if there's a ceiling there and I can't see a way for me to make more here, the only place I make more is up somewhere else. Yeah. So really look at that. And we delve into that a lot in our peak performer program. And I want to sort of finish on this one. I'll, I'll touch on this, then move on to the next point. But sign on bonuses. I get it. But be careful. Yeah. Because if you chuck out, hey, five grand sign-on bonus and you've got 10 existing staff or three existing staff or 30 existing staff, how does that feel to be an existing staff member? We had a couple of our members put out the five grand sign-on bonus and their existing staff said, I might quit and reapply for that because <laughs> I want to have five. But it genuinely offended the existing people. So be really, really careful. There's people promising jet skis, yeah. hot air balloon rides. I think the free haircuts, all good. But if you're doing it for one, go do it for all. I would look at the the sign-on bonus. And what is the type of person that you're attracting with that as well? Yeah. So like if it's the person that wants to jump for immediate fix, that person has a vulnerability in the long-term, like the longevity of their employment with you. The next person that waves something shiny that has a short-term fix on it, they're out the door. It's like six-minute abs <laughs> from Dumb and Dumber. <laughs> it's all good till someone creates a $6,000 sign-on bonus of $5,100. So be really, really careful with that. But I want to finish on this underrated form of hiring email marketing campaign. Oh, just uh, even saying it really, really, really makes me happy. Actually, let's just go underrated form of communication not just hiring yeah yeah a way to get back in front of your existing clients no doubt but a way to like i said you know we say most weeks every network has a network your network all your friends and family that's what what i mean when i say network they have friends and family too so if we're putting out an email marketing campaign to hey uh we're a growing company looking for, we're not saying, hey, I'm really stressed and tired and frustrated and over-quoting and, and, uh, I'm, uh, and I'm under-delivering right now. <laughs> You're not saying that. We're not drawing attention to our shortcomings, but we're saying, hey. Sell the dream, we're, not the reality. Yeah, we're, we're growing. We're growing our business and we're looking for more talent. Do you know anyone? And what that is, is it's putting it out there to, you know, put it out to 200, 1,000, 2,000 people that know 200 500, 1,000 people. Yeah. So it's going out to 20,000 people and when they're at that barbecue and that friend's nephew or niece is disgruntled and tired and frustrated at their existing boss because their culture sucks, and like, you've got, oh, I saw that. I saw that these... It's the barbecue test. Yeah. Everyone knows someone and so many people... It's, it's, we say this every week. If you don't ask, you don't get. So are you asking? And if not, why not? 
Yeah, I think it, it's a great way to ask. It, like you're asking the question more often, and you could you could stand on the side of the street and go, "Hey, do you know a tradesperson that would come work for me?" And you know that would have less impact because you know so many variables around that. But if you did that for long enough, you'd find someone. Yeah, you just got to do something. If you do nothing, guess what's going to happen? Zero. Nothing. <laughs> if you do something. Nothing might happen, but at least you did something. Everything could happen. You don't know. So wherever you sit right now in a hiring space, ask yourself the question, am I too busy? Am I overcooked and overbooked? Do I need to hire either on field or or in office? And if so, let's stop making excuses and let's start making it happen. That's my final thought. What's your final thought? Is really embrace the responsibility of hiring being a priority task, not something that you'll get to. I would seriously, if, you, if you're in that space where you're like, hey, I'm overworked, I'm doing way too many hours, I would clear a day in my schedule. And I would say, right, that's going to hurt because you're like, oh, I'm letting my customers down, I'm not making money. And that pain is going to drive you to create performance in hiring. You'll be like, I'm going to clear a day. I mean, I'm not going to make any money that day. But I'm going to put eight hours into hiring someone or finding as many leads that I could hire as possible. Yeah, you just think about it in a maths point of view that you take eight hours and if you find someone, you get an extra 40 hours a week. A week. (laughs) A week for for potentially five to seven to ten years. So hope you enjoyed the session. We'll see you next time. So if you're loving the podcast, please share with your friends, anyone that's thinking about starting a tradie business or got a large tradie business. We help everyone from startup all the way up to million dollar plus months. We'd love to help you too. And lastly, it would mean a lot if you could leave a review on the player that you're listening to this on. It helps us get out there and help more tradies in business perform better and create better lives for themselves. So let's get into this episode. Hope you enjoy it. Talk to you soon.